0: Welcome to Ghouls Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody.
1: Hello. So,
0: I have some unbelievable things that have happened to these people, and they sound fake, but it's not. Okay. Okay. In 2012, I lifeguarded at a beach in Delaware. I was talking with a lady who was drinking a glass of wine on the beach. While I was telling her that was not allowed, Dave Grohl walked behind me. I was slash am a massive fan and knew he would vacation at this beach occasionally, but I never assumed I would run into him. In that moment, being absolutely starstruck, the lady goes, oh, you're a fan of Dave, I see. Barely able to talk, I said, yes, he's the reason I got into drumming. She said then, oh, he's my son. You should go say hi. I let her drink the wine and (laughs) was was able to talk to my music idol for a solid 20 minutes. One of the best days of my life. That's funny. (laughs) Next one, years ago, I broke my right foot. After six weeks in a boot, I was leaving the orthopedist office boot free, just me, my own two feet, raw dogging it on the ground. I was so excited to drive home now that I was out of that damn boot. And then on the way to the car, I stepped off the curb, rolled my left ankle <laughs> and broke it.
1: Oh my god.
0: Oh my gosh, that's That's
1: horrible. <laughs> that sucks.
0: Uh, Next one, I was dragged out of a tent in my sleep by a pack of dingoes on Fraser Island in Australia. I woke up to a weird feeling at my feet and saw that they were chewing on my toes through the sleeping bag. One of them was standing on my hips-slash-stomach, staring me in the face. Now, I'm not a fighter, but I hit him with a punch on the side of the head, a perfect right cross to his little face, He went flying sideways, which spooked all the others, about four or five of them. And with a few kicks from my bagged up legs, they scuttled away. I went back into the tent to find my then girlfriend still asleep and snoring away. The next morning, I went over to our tour guide fella, a massive Aussie dude named Tony, and told him what happened. He asked, did you see which one it was? Funnily enough, I did. He had a yellow and blue tag on his ear. They were all tagged on the island. And I remembered because they're the Wicklow colors where I'm from. Tony just said, oh, yeah, that cunt. (laughs) (laughs) I ended up punching quite a bit of wildlife in my year there. But Australia definitely started it. (laughs) That is horrifying. Yeah. I will never go to Australia. I'm terrified of Australia and their creatures. Mm -mm. Too much. Next one. I was in a relatively mild car accident. EMS recommended x-rays just to be safe. I argued a bit, but ended up relenting. The x-rays led to a CT scan and a kidney cancer diagnosis. The doctor said I would have been dead inside of a year if it hadn't been found when it was. Wow. Holy shit. Next one. My uncle was in Jamaica when his wife, who was doing a fitness Uh, fitness classes, died suddenly due to a perforated bowel from a meal she had eaten at the resort. The authorities drove him to an ATM and told him he would be suspect number one if he didn't pay them, and that he'd never have his wife uh, move to the U.S. He complied, and they took him back to the resort, but unbeknownst to him, T-Pain was also there and caught wind of the situation. What? (laughs) He worked magic with... His connections to keep my uncle safe and bring my aunt home for a funeral, as well as provided his bodyguard as protection to my uncle. To this day, almost two decades later, they will video chat on holidays like Easter to talk. In my eyes, that man is a saint to our family. Anytime he's in town for a concert, they'll meet backstage and have a big hug. One time he even met T. Payne's family. I will never forget the kindness this man has shown over decades. That is cool. That is beautiful. T-Pain. So he was. I, first of all, I love him. Second of all, he wasn't he the first winner of Mass Singer? Was he? He was either the first or second season, I want to say, because that was when I actually watched it. Hmm. But I think he was the first season winner. That man has a beautiful voice Mm
1: -hmm. he is
0: so talented and like i felt so bad for him because he was talking about it and he was saying that because you know when he first started the um like voice correction shit and like the you know making your voice sound weird was like just coming about so he used it and then that made people think he couldn't actually sing
1: oh yeah yeah and
0: oh my god he is So talented. And obviously nice. Yeah, that is awesome. Okay, next one. I lived in a small, quiet town, and my house was on a cul-de-sac, so all the neighbors knew each other, and we all got along well. One night, when I was about 12 years old, I was babysitting my baby brothers, the twins. It was bedtime, so we were laying in my mom's bed watching a movie to wind down. Suddenly, they both started whining that they wanted chocolate milk. I was super annoyed because I just wanted them to go to sleep, so... I could be, quote-unquote, off the clock, so to speak. So as we walked through the doorway and out of the bedroom, I heard what sounded like firecrackers going off in the bedroom we just left. I peeked my head back into the doorway and heard a couple more. It sounded like it was coming from the closet, which was about a foot away from me at this point. I called my mom and told her what happened and that I was scared. We didn't go back into the room until she got home. Once she got back, we discovered several bullet holes through the bedroom in the walls, in the closet door, and one in the corner of the TV. We called the cops. They figured out that our neighbor had been doing some target practice in his garage and drinking, and his garage wall faced our house, so the bullets entered my mom's bedroom through the wall just inches from, our, from her bed, which had no headboard, a.k.a. right where our heads had been while we were lying there watching the movie. If those little buttheads hadn't bothered me for chocolate milk at that exact moment, things could have been very different. Wow. Whoa. That's crazy. That is crazy. That's scary. That is. What a fucking idiot. Well, let me just drink and shoot at people's houses. It's fine, right?
1: So stupid.
0: Next one, when I was six years old, I was at Dairy Queen with my mom and brothers. Mom needed to change the baby's diaper, so she, so she asked this guy sitting at a table near us on the patio to watch my four-year-old brother and I. What? She had seen him around there before and thought of him as a friendly neighbor. A few weeks later, he was on the news. He was Clifford Robert Olson, a serial killer known for murdering children and teens. Oh, that's great. I imagine he must have been smirking and thinking, Jesus, lady, you're lucky or a bit young for my taste. Oh, my God. Don't ever leave your children with strangers. Absolutely fucking not.
1: It's bad enough when someone you really know ends up yeah. being like that. but
0: yeah, you don't know people. God. Oh, my God. Next month, my grandmother prevented a neighborhood boy from kidnapping our next-door neighbor. Our house was on... Or was at a bus stop. I woke up sick that morning and didn't go to school. Grandma was in the neighborhood and kept an eye out on the kids that were at the stop every morning. There was only one girl waiting at the bus stop. My grandmother was watching her, looked away for a moment, and by the time she looked back, the girl was gone. The boy was dragging her across our backyard with a knife to her throat. My grandma ran at him, screaming and throwing rocks, while she while I called the cops, and she won Citizen of the Year in our city.
1: <laughs> Fuck Get yes, on grandma. her! Hell
0: yeah, that's scary. That is scary. What is wrong with people? I don't know. Uh, in 1986, my parents planned a trip to Disney in Florida. There, a random man tried to kidnap my half brother by snatching him and running. He was tackled and my brother was safely returned to us. Nothing happened to the guy as he had disappeared into the crowd. Fast forward a couple years to 1989, we're in Ohio and at a pop up circus in a field. I was given change to go get popcorn. A man dressed as a clown approached me and, after several long minutes of small talk, grabbed me. Bystanders saw the ordeal and a random man with exquisite sideburns chased down this man who had thrown me into his pickup truck and gunned it. Mr. Sideburns and another man were able to pull him from the vehicle and stop the truck as it rolled into the parking lot and hit several parked cars. I was fine, other than some forehead scrapes from hitting the dash. The clown was not a circus performer or associated with the circus at all. He was an opportunistic predator.
1: Hmm. What's up with that family? I
0: that and if my child was almost kidnapped, there's no way I would let my other children just go. No. 3 no. years later? No. I would be traumatized. I
1: would too and they would never leave my side. Absolutely never. Which <laughs> uh-huh. they didn't. He didn't anyway. Well, but still. Still. It would be way worse if, if someone yes, tried to kidnap him. Absolutely.
0: Next one. I was hit in the head by a bowling ball on a trampoline. Nine one one hung up on my cousin because they thought it was a prank call. Oh my god! My cousin's brother found a ball in the woods. He sat on the springs. He sat it on the springs to clean it off and take a look. I was getting up and going to walk home when his older brother Swan dove onto the trampoline. The bowling ball bounced and hit me in the back of the head as I was standing up. It had enough force to flip me over. I could feel my arms touching the mat, but I visibly saw them in the air. It knocked me out for a bit. Then the EMT blew my vein, trying to get an IV in. Excuse me?
1: That's, I think that's when they, um, I think that's when they, they go to put, you know, the needle in your vein. Yeah. And they mess it up.
0: Oh, I see. I
1: see. I think that's
0: what that is. I thought he might even blew on it. (laughs) Um... (laughs) I stayed strapped to the backboard for over six hours as they performed x-rays and tests. Had a pretty nasty concussion after that. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry, 911. You can't decide if someone's telling the truth or not. You have to check it out. Well,
0: yeah. Have you ever heard the 911 call where it's it's the awful one? Where the the woman's chimpanzee is like ripping her friend's face off. Oh. and the guy totally thinks she's fucking with him. Yeah. it's so yeah. it's very sad because it does it literally it sounds insane. yeah. And this guy is like kind of chuckling a little. I bet he felt like a oh piece my of God. shit. but yeah but if I don't blame him at all it did it sounded crazy. It sounded <laughs> fake. it did. Okay. When I was 10 years old, several people in my neighborhood, neighborhood were attacked by a deranged squirrel that was missing part of its tail. One day my dad was at work and my mom was running errands. So myself and two of my two other brothers aged 14 and seven were left home alone. I was in the kitchen and my seven year old brother was playing on the back porch Suddenly, a squirrel that was missing the tip of its tail started attacking the kitchen window about 10 feet from where my brother was playing. I ran outside to caution my younger brother, but it was too late. The squirrel had already bitten a chunk out of his finger, which was squirting blood and running up and down his arm while my brother screamed his head off. I grabbed this bloodthirsty creature with my bare hands and chucked it into a tree. By now, my older brother had come to see what was going on. I told him what had happened, and because this took place in a small town in Mississippi, he, of course, had full access to go to the family gun cabinet. He got a gun, went outside, and shot some random squirrel that was not missing the part of its tail. I told everyone that it was not the same squirrel, but no one listened to me. The story of my brother's heroic actions went around town. He was even written about it in the town newspaper for saving the day. Absolutely absolutely no mention of me or my heroism at all. (laughs) (laughs) He chucked it into a tree. Oh my God. (laughs) That's funny. Next one, I got bitten by a penguin on my neck. No, I wasn't doing anything stupid at the time. The penguin was standing on the table for photo ops. As an animal ambassador for a zoo, I went for my wine glass as I stood next to it. I moved my wine glass out of the way and got nipped on the neck for my troubles. That's funny.
1: <laughs> They're so cute, though. I
0: know. They waddle everywhere. Mm-hmm. I won an art competition with my painting judged while hanging upside down. <gasps> what? The painting was upside down. Oh. <laughs> when I told them, they tried telling me I was wrong until they realized I had painted it. <laughs> Aww. Oh my gosh! So you remember we went to the mall like that was the thing we used to do before mm-hmm. the internet. Yeah. So um, I was we were at the mall one time and there was a art like art exhibit mm-hmm. up and it looked like probably high school kids and we were walking around looking at these pictures that these kids had had drawn and I still remember like to this day vividly remember this one it was this guy being electrocuted like in an electric chair mm-hmm. and it was so disturbing and good yeah and i i still remember that to this day
1: hmm i it's, wonder if he's like famous now or i don't know <laughs> or he she whatever. yeah
0: i don't know i don't remember i just it scared the crap out of me i remember that hmm. but yeah, it had, like, spit was flying out of his mouth, and, like, he, it, was, it was crazy. It was wow. crazy. Anyway, a member of KISS cyber-stalked me for almost a year. I was working as a bottle girl in Miami and ending up taking care of him. He gave me his number, took me shopping a couple of times. We had a couple of dinners, but nothing more than that. He then blew up my DMs on socials for months, trying to come see me or have me fly to him. One day, it just stopped. I assumed he found someone else, but I don't know the real answer as to why. I'm just happy it did. I'm not sharing which one, but it was a founding band member. Hmm. That's creepy. Yeah, it is. Next one I was thrown off of a motorcycle on the interstate when I was 22 months old. Oh yes, my gosh. months. My parents thought I was dead because my head and skull were ripped open, Uh, but they took me to the hospital anyway, and here I am.
1: What was a 22-month-old doing on a motorcycle on the interstate? Who fucking knows? (sighs) People are crazy. Next one, I have a tech company,
0: and we are not in the best financial situation currently. We had a very big contract awaiting signature, but it'll never get signed because the person responsible for the project was one of the five casualties from the Titans submersible.
1: Oh, no. Shit. That gave me chills. Yeah.
0: And my last one, I was born in the early 80s during that time where they took newborns to the nursery to be cared for away from the parents. When it was time for my mother to leave the hospital, they returned her baby to her. Before my parents left the hospital, they needed to change the baby's diaper. Well, when they removed it, they saw that the baby that they had was a girl when my mother had given birth to a boy. <laughs> the hospital tracked down the parents who had me and got the babies back to their rightful parents. Some wild shit.
1: I wonder if that happened more Absolutely. than we think.
0: It had to have when, when everyone was just trusted to like write shit down uh-huh. because there was no computer records. Th- absolutely. I guarantee you there are children that do not, that think their, their parents are their parents and they're not. Yeah.
1: I'm surprised you haven't heard more, like, especially with uh, DNA and stuff now. Yeah.
0: yeah, That's crazy.
1: All right. I'm going to do the second half of my stories from last week. I'm a detentions deputy that works alone in a 60-bed jail on graveyard shift. Several times I've seen inmates out of their cells in the middle of the night, went to investigate, and found everyone accounted for and asleep. We've had two suicides and one homicide since I've worked there and it would always happen within the month of the incident. They're usually out of the corner of my eye or when I walk by a door and I've never gotten a good look at them. Other than noticing the flash of an orange jumpsuit, our SEG inmates and the two suicides were orange jumps- wore orange jumpsuits, and then they are gone. I've seen an inmate up against the glass in the gym, then walk away from it, and when I get there, he's gone. I've seen one several times standing in an empty SEG cell as I walk by, and I saw one in our kitchen standing at the sink in the dark as I walked by the door. I've also found lights on in the middle of the night in rooms that I don't have access to, and property bins pulled off their shelves when nobody was there.
0: That is creepy.
1: I don't know what a seg is.
0: I think that's uh, isn't it like when they're segregated from the rest? of Oh, it?
1: maybe. Um,
0: but that would make sense. Like a the, a lot of um, emotions and shit, and if the. Someone was murdered and suicide. That's Mm -hmm. fucking crazy, though, because it sounds like they kind of see them vividly if they see their orange. yeah. Yeah. Creepy.
1: I'm one of those people that only rarely remembers their dreams, but when I do, they tend to be quite vivid. When I was about 15, I went on a mission trip to Appalachia with my church youth group. We were all piled into a school bus, and the drive lasted at least a day and a half so we had to stop and sleep overnight at the other churches. On the trip there, we got lost on the back roads of Ohio, trying to find the place where we were supposed to sleep that night. It was about 1 or 2 in the morning. Yeah, we were really lost. And looking out the window, I must have drifted off, except the transition was so seamless, I don't remember actually falling asleep. Because one moment, I was just looking out the window at the dark countryside, and the next, there were all these people pale flickering people walking through the trees on either side of the road just watching us yeah. they were all white and seemed almost luminous as they came closer to the road i looked around and everybody else on the bus was asleep except the driver the driver was this kind of stoic old school renfest goth guy named christopher not chris <laughs> and he and i got each got each other pretty well so i'd been sitting up front to shoot the shit with him i remember turning around to ask him what was up with the people on the side of the road but he was just staring straight ahead he didn't seem freaked out or anything but before i could actually say anything he said in this really calm voice don't say anything don't look at them you need to be asleep what i didn't think the people from the road wanted to hurt me if anything i just felt sad for them they all looked so lost and their clothes were all in tatters some of them looked like they'd been burned some of them were kids but i believed christopher when he told me it was better not to look at them i don't remember going to sleep but i did close my eyes and when i opened them again we were on a we were in a small town and the road people were gone
0: that is fucking creepy. That is super
1: creepy. What? I don't, was he really, he, she, were they really asleep? Or was it a dream? I don't know. Weird. I know. Ooh. Back when I was 17, I had just got my license and went driving around with some friends, as you do. Loud music, good times, random pit stops for no reason, the usual. We decided that to drive through the back bush area into rural rural area of Australia was a good idea at 10 p.m. off we drove down the one road that would lead us out through the bush into the darkness there were no lights along this road only my high beams lit the way as we were driving we came across this elderly man in a cream suit with a bunch of slightly wilted flowers with his thumb out he seemed harmless by all means and we decided we would pick him up it was no place for anyone to walk He was a really nice guy, well-kept and trimmed beard. His eyes were incredibly bright as well, a piercing blue color. He said he was out this way because he was visiting the site where his loved ones died. Apparently, he didn't drive anymore after the accident that had killed them. We were a little unsettled, but in the end, we thought nothing of it. He was good-natured and polite to boot. We came up around a corner, and he asked if he could please be dropped off there. We did so assuming the site was nearby. He got out of the car. We shook hands with him, wished him well, and sent our sympathy to his loved ones. He replied with, have no sympathy for the dead. They are free. May God bless you all, children. He turned and walked straight into the dense bush and I shit you not disappeared within six steps. Like the darkness just swallowed vision of him. It's been a few years now, and there have been no news of any missing people in that area. My friends and I don't know whether it was a dream, hallucination, or what. We've gone past that same area a few times now, once walking out into the area he he went. Found nothing, though. I won't blame anyone for not believing this is real, because sometimes I think the same thing. But it's a memory in my brain I can't get rid of, so I guess it must have been true.
0: That's so creepy. Do you think he was a ghost? That's
1: what it sounds like.
0: Think like he died in that car accident too?
1: Maybe. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> I was working the eleven seven shift as a change nurse in a nursing home. There was a patient named Sam. Sam had come to the home after a mugger had attacked him with a tire iron. The doctors had saved his life by removing the left side of his skull and part of his brain sam's head looked like a basketball that was deflated on one side despite not really being able to take care of himself he could read watch tv and engage in his favorite pastime watching the young female nurses and aides. (laughs) he wouldn't do anything but put his arm around a girl's shoulder to say thank you when she picked up his dinner tray that was it so sam became something of a nursing home mascot But as it happens in this business, Sam died of a blood infection six months after I started there. The night of his death, we were gathered around the desk for the report from Sandy, the 3 to 11 nurse, as she gave her report to me and three nurse's aides. When Sandy came to Sam's name, she said, Sam died at about 3.30 this after suddenly a call light came on. Everyone stared at the light board. The call was coming from room 30. That room had been locked ever since the relatives had taken his belongings away. The call was coming from Sam's empty locked room. We all went down the hall to see what this was about. We thought that another patient had probably gotten into the room and put on the call bell. Sam's room was open, lights were on, call bell was pushed in, old-fashioned call light, shaped like a bell, you had to push the button in the center to call and turn it off by twisting the edge of the bell. Only one problem no patient was up, the door was not forced, it was unlocked, all the staff were at the desk. The only one that had the key was the charge nurse, and the door was locked when I made rounds not more than 10 minutes before. I mumbled something about loose wire, I twisted the call bell off, turned the room lights off, locked the door, and went with the rest of the staff back to the nurse's station. Sandy started the report again. She didn't get more than three minutes into the report when Sam's call light came on again. We went down to find the room open, lights on, and call bell on. All patients in bed. I turned the call bell off, the lights off, and locked the room up again. Back to the desk. Report started again. The light came on again. By this time, it was more nuisance than scary, so we decided (laughs) to leave it on, continue report so the other shift could leave. After the report, I went down to the room, turned off the call bell, replaced the old cord with the new call bell cord, turned off the room lights, and locked the door again. The bell stayed off, but the signal on the board stayed on. We went down the longest hall, Sam's hall, to start our work. As we passed Sam's room, the door was open, but the lights were off. The nurse's aides felt a cold breeze up their skirts. Remember, (laughs) Sam liked the ladies. (laughs) At that, at that, I went into the room to check if someone had opened a window. No window was open and no air conditioner was on in the room. I closed the door and locked the door again, and we continued. After we finished down the hall, we went past Sam's room again. The door was still closed and locked. By the time we finished the first round, it was 2 a.m. Back at the desk, the call light in Sam's room was off. We forgot about Sam. We drank our, by now, cold coffee. I did my paperwork and the aides exchanged small talk. At 3 a.m., we started the second round down the long hall again. This time, Sam's door was open and the females felt an even colder breeze. I went into the room. It was like a vacuum, as if the air had been sucked out. I opened the windows, but no air could dispel the vacuum. I had had enough. I yelled, Sam, you're dead. (laughs) You spent enough time in this place. Get out of here. I closed the windows, locked the door again, and joined the aides for rounds. I didn't go in that room until around 7 a.m. All four of us went for one last look. No vacuum, no breeze, sun shining through the window. Nothing to prove anything happened that morning. We didn't want to tell the 7 to 3 shift and risk the whole day looking at ink blots, so we kept the occurrence to ourselves, but this was only the beginning. We were not prepared for what was going to happen next. The following night, I get a call at home from Sandy. She asked me if anything happened on the 11-7 to 7 shift. I said, why? Sandy stated this tale. When we were picking up the dinner trays, we were one tray over. We passed out 26 trays, and we picked up 27 trays. Somebody miscounted, I said. That may have happened, only the 27th tray was outside Sam's room, just as he had left it when he was alive, exactly as he left it. Somebody's pulling prank on you, Sandy, I said. I don't think so, because when I stood up from taking the tray, I felt an arm around my shoulder, just like Sam had put it. I was the only one down that hall. I then told her what had happened the previous morning. She said, well, it looks like we have a ghost to add to the census. That wasn't the end of the story. A week later, another patient was admitted to room 30, a retired university professor. One night, her light came on. She had seen a man staring at her from outside her window. When I asked her what the man looked like, she said that he was not normal looking. The left side of his head was deflated like an old volleyball. Oh she used to play volleyball a lot in her younger days. I told her that I would go around the building and see if I could see him. The police were called to look for a potential prowler. No fo- they found no one and no footprints outside the window. No grass disturbed. But I knew who it was. When I told the nurses, aides, they knew who it was. Sam was back. Over the years, every female patient that was in that room saw Sam staring at them through the window. No male patient would ever see him, for you see, Sam liked the ladies. I left the nursing home some years later, so don't know how long Sam stuck around, but these events were experienced and or confirmed by various employees and patients. In my career working in nursing homes, reports like this are relatively common. I don't know what to make of this except that we just don't know what happens after death. And maybe some people just want to linger where they felt most comfortable. Sam did.
0: Whoa. I got chills multiple times on that one. (laughs) That is crazy. I mean, how can you dispute that? He was there. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Unbelievable. I used to work at a movie theater. It was a crappy cheap movie theater that got all the movies after they were done at the bigger, nicer theaters. We always joked about a ghost that haunted the place. We would always hear whistling. You could whistle part of a song and you would hear someone whistle the rest. I shit you not, this happened. We kind of joked about it and went on with our lives. Well, one day I was up in the projection area and I heard someone say my name. I yelled back, what? No answer. I walked downstairs and asked my co-workers what they wanted. They were slammed busy at the front desk. No one had come upstairs. Fine. Could be explained, right? I'm hearing things, right? Well, here's the freakiest part. My family doesn't celebrate Christmas like most families, so I would always volunteer to work Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. I was working the night shift on Christmas Eve alone. I was waiting for two or three people to get done watching Lord of the Rings or something, so I could go home. After the movie was out, I ran upstairs, stopped the projector, and ran back downstairs to clean the theater. No one else was in the building at this point. Halfway through cleaning the theaters, I get this feeling like, wow, I shouldn't be here right now. (laughs) I look up and see a man-shaped shadow in the projection booth. I ran out of the theater, turned off all the lights, and ran out the door. I turn around and see that there's a neon sign for coffee behind the snack bar that's still on. I work up some courage and run back inside to turn it off. I literally jump over the counter, turn the light off, and jump back to the door. By the time I'm out the door, I turn around and see the light flickering back on. What the fuck? I ran back in, turned it off again. I turn to my right and see a flash of light coming from the middle of the dark lobby. I turned, ran, and never looked back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's creepy in a movie theater weird by yourself yeah really right? oh no could you imagine being at a movie theater by yourself at night no no way no mm. <laughs> the mall i work at was built in the 60s and i have been working there since 2004 i had always joked with my co-workers about our store being haunted and never really took any strange happenings <laughs> seriously in 2007, I was offered a job doing security for the mall and took it because it paid as much starting as I made as a manager at the store I worked at. The only drawback? It was Graveyard. Mm-hmm. During this time, the mall was adding skylights, tearing down a Mervin's, and building a Nordstrom. My first incident was the early morning of Black Friday, a little after 3 a.m. I was driving around the parking lot and happened to see a large man in a security uniform in our office. We have an outside office with a glass door and a code lock. Normally, this would not be out of the ordinary, as we have several very cliché security guards. The problem was that the only other person working was a small Cambodian man. I called my other officer over to report what I had seen, and he informed me that in 2005, a guard had died of a heart attack at the mall. He showed me a picture that was posted in the lunchroom, and I was shocked to see the resemblance between him and who I had seen in the office minutes before. My co-worker and I laughed about how we had an extra officer for backup and continued our shifts. A few months later, I was delivering something to the mall office when I heard an old man say behind me, Excuse me, miss. I turned around and said, Yeah, what's up? To find no one there. Now, mind you, I was in a locked back hallway and I ran up and down the hallway searching for the source of this voice and found nothing to explain it. Now, most people don't realize how many suicides actually happen at malls, what? but I know of three at my mall. One I found. Huh. There used to be a police substation on one of the porches. One day, for whatever reason, some African-American dude shot himself in the head right next to the substation. Oh my God. While they were tearing down the substation and building new stores, a lot of strange things happened in that area. I saw a black man frantically trying to get housekeeping's attention to no avail. The housekeeper had no idea what I was talking about. A tenant looked in a store window and saw a black man's reflection waving his arms next to her as we were walking. It always happens in the same area of the mall as the suicide. One night, I went to unlock a service door on that very porch. As I approached, I started to smell a mixture of honey, honey bucket... And dead animal. Honey bucket. What's honey bucket?
0: <laughs> I don't know.
1: When I opened the door, I found that the light had gone out in the hallway and it was pitch black, or so I thought. A figure started to come towards me that was even blacker than the hallway, and the smell intensified. I actually ran back to the car, waving my hands in the air and screaming. (laughs) This one, I think, was the worst. You know how when you're in a well-lit room and you look in a window at night? Mm. All you can see is your reflection, right? Well, we were having a blizzard and I was working by myself. I decided to go out for a smoke. As I was walking out, I happened to glance at my reflection. There was some sort of animal behind me, a big one that I had never seen before. I looked down and ran my ass outside. Once I gathered myself, I started to think about what I was going to do because there was no way in hell I was going back in that office. I thought, hey, I'll just drive around. Nope, the car keys are on the office desk. Okay, I'll just walk around the mall for a while and hang out with housekeeping. Nope, the mall keys are on the desk. Okay, fuck this place. I quit. (laughs) Ha, nope, keys are on the desk. Oh, shit. (laughs) I waited in the snow during a blizzard for three hours until the next guard came on duty. Oh, my God. Most recent, I saw someone sitting in a massage chair for hours in the suicide area. Then I saw a kiosk chair move without making a sound. This is damn near impossible unless it is lifted off the ground.
0: Oh my gosh, that is creepy, and I really hope that man isn't stuck at the fucking mall.
1: Oh I know. That would be horrible. Trying to get people's attention. Oh my god, that's awful. Yeah, that's bad. And I want to know what the animal looks yeah. like. They yeah. gave no description.
0: Nothing. I immediately thought of the of the dog creature from Ghostbusters though. <laughs> <laughs> what i pictured (laughs) i mean to scare her that bad to where she waited in a blizzard for three hours
1: i i pictured a a werewolf Mm. like standing on two legs and oh my gosh big teeth and you know in my childhood home there was a bathroom in the hallway if you looked in the mirror while washing your hands you could see down the hallway toward the front door at night i would often see a tall bald man in a gray suit standing there out of the corner of my eye but he would disappear if I looked directly at him or turned around. We moved out of the house, but years later, I told my mom about it. Surprised and a little scared, she said she saw the same thing for years. It was a little creepy, but I thought since we both saw the same thing out of the mirror in the same spot, it was probably a trick of the light. Oddly enough, in a separate conversation with my little brother, he mentioned seeing a man in that hallway all the time. I chuckled and said, out of the corner of your eye in the downstairs bathroom mirror? He said, no, I would see him at the opposite end of the same hallway, but when looking from upstairs. What did he look like? He was tall and always wore a gray suit. What's weird is that for years, we were all seeing the same man in the same hallway, but just kept our fear to ourselves. Not until half a decade later, after we had moved out of the house, did we realize we had all been experiencing the same thing.
0: That's creepy. And people talk to your families
1: so many times. Yeah, like they keep it to themselves. I don't think there's any way I would be able to keep it to no. myself.
0: I Even if I brought it up as a joke, just to like save myself embarrassment <laughs> if they thought I was nuts. I'd be like, oh yeah, I see a guy all the time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, just to see,
0: like, yeah. just, to, just to get it out there. Yeah. Even if I'm joking, quote unquote. <laughs> You know? <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. <laughs> I know people don't believe in spirits. I myself never did until I lived in this one house. It was a newer home too, so it was odd to me. Perhaps it was just energy left over from a time long ago. I don't know. But my entire family saw stuff. It first started out with noises. The first summer there, my sister and I were left alone all day while my parents worked. We were fifteen and ten at the time, and one day I heard coughing in my parents' room. My sister and I thought it was our father. We thought maybe he was home sick, so all day we kept hearing coughing and finally after about five hours I decided to peek in and ask Dad if he needed medicine. <laughs> Damn.
0: <You> okay. <laughs> such a caring family. <laughs> well he's been coughing for five hours. I better I better check on it. <laughs>
1: there was no one in the room what we went in to check the master bathroom and nothing nothing no one was there then a few days later we heard the back shower open it was one of those rolling kind that made quite a bit of noise we heard it open and close and we sat there waiting for my mom or dad to come out of the room again nothing they were not home that summer my cousins visited and they too heard the coughing and shower We lived there for five years and things got worse and worse over time. Tapping on the walls, my sister and her best friend were having a sleepover and her friend saw someone walk out of my room. She said hi to me, but it wasn't me. My cousin saw someone walk out of the bathroom into my sister's room. She thought it was me, but I was out front at the time. My aunt stayed over on a New Year's Eve once. She bitched me and my sister out for walking all over her airbed and waking her up.
0: Oh, my God. We did not
1: do that. That's creepy. That is really creepy. Oh, my God. My mother was walking down the hallway in the early morning. She thought my dad was behind her and asked if he wanted a full or half pot of coffee. When she got out of the hallway, she turned to see a man in a plaid shirt that then ran past her. Oh. <laughs> creepy. My sister's friend stopped coming over because she was in my sister's room and a Susan B. Anthony coin my grandpa had given her flew off the shelf and hit the wall, leaving a dent in the wall. My sister was walking out the door at the time and thought her friend threw it. She had been on the top bunk sitting down. My friend got up and called her mom to leave right away and never came back. (laughs) My best friend stayed over once for a week and she stayed in my room with her evil cat that hated me. I slept on I slept on the bottom bunk of my sister's bed. My friend asked why I kept coming in the room to bug the cat, why I kept knocking on the walls, and why I would lay on the bed only to get up and leave. I did not I did none of this. The cat hated me and would attack me. She said the cat would flip out and hiss and meow like I was in the room. Then one time I got up to go pee in the middle of the night in our bathroom middle of the night in our bathroom the way the mirror was if you looked over your right shoulder while on the toilet you could see into the kitchen i always did this when i left the door open it was like 3 a.m so the door was left open and i looked in the mirror i saw a man standing in the kitchen by the fridge at first i thought it was my dad then he turned around like he knew i was looking and there were no eyes just dark patches and he opened his mouth perhaps to say something i don't know I stopped mid-pee and ran back into my room, all the while keeping an eye on the guy. I never I never went pee at night again. I was so happy when we moved. I have no clue what all that was, but so many people witnessed and saw things that it wasn't just my imagination. That's creepy. That was a creepy story. Yeah.
0: Like, all that stuff. And I have a problem with the ant, okay? How... Okay, so she's sleeping on an air mattress and she thinks that children are jumping around on it. And she, like, what? Pretends she's she asleep? She doesn't
1: say anything? Seriously. <laughs> just oh, wait. Oh, they'll stop eventually.
0: <laughs> I'll just scream at them in the morning. What? I'll be mean, like, get the fuck out of my room. Yeah. And Go then, to bed. Then you would see either what was doing it or there was nothing there. That was crazy! Uh, oh my god! And then the one that ran past—yeah, past mm-hmm. that no.
1: Ugh. I mm. no, thank you. <laughs> when I was eleven years old, I woke up one night and saw a man standing in my room, opening and closing my dresser drawers. He was tall, pale, and shiny, but he looked corp—how cor- do you say that word? Corporeal. Corporeal. No, I think. Is that right? I guess. <laughs> Not translucent or glow- ghostly or anything. I couldn't move at all, but I pissed myself instantly. I shut my eyes as tight as I could, but when I opened them, he was still there, opening and closing drawers. I kept my eyes closed for a long time, and finally, after what seemed like hours, he was gone. The next morning, a lot of my shirts and pants were tied in knots. I came to the conclusion that I had a very vivid dream, and perhaps my sister played a joke on me by tying my clothes in knots. Flash forward 15 years, we had long since moved out of the house, and no one had lived there since. I stopped by one day with my mom and two aunts, who had lived in the same house when they were kids. When we walked into my bedroom, my mom and my older aunt started teasing my younger aunt about the silver man she saw one time. My jaw hit the fucking floor.
0: Oh, weird! Yeah, why did he tie the clothes? I don't knots?
1: know. And why would you? They. It's like they didn't put two and two together. Yeah, I thought her sister did it. Why? I don't know. That was freaking weird. This is my last one. My parents were renting an old farmhouse behind which was an old barn. It had the big double doors which led into the main barn area. But it also had doors on the exterior of the barn, which led into small rooms, most of which stored old lumber, hay, etc. On this particular day, it was very sunny outside, so a lot of light was coming through the one window next to the door through which I entered into the room. There was a pile of hay in the far corner. The room couldn't have been more than 12 by 12. Above the hay was a misty form which had the very clear shape of a woman floating above the haystack. She had on a milkmaid type dress and her head was cocked to the side and her eyes were wide open. My first thought I remember very distinctly and it was I am seeing something horrible that I shouldn't be seeing. I don't remember seeing a rope but in retrospect I think that she was hanged either a suicide or murder. My mother remembers me running into the house telling her that I saw a ghost. The funny thing is that I didn't think it was a ghost until about halfway to the house. I have thought about going back to that house many times throughout the years, but my mother can't remember the name of the road we lived on. I remember my grandmother telling my mother that the house had a terrible fire some years after we moved. Hmm.
0: That's creepy. Yes, it is. Okay, I did... Uh, people who were stuck in comas are revealing what it was actually like oh okay
1: we've done this something like this before haven't we
0: i think i did these when we were testing mm. the um podcast so we never actually released this okay so and i'm pretty sure these are um this is a different thing okay first one i was in an induced coma in 2010 I didn't have any dreams or nightmares. I remember everything just being black. When I woke up, I was hooked up to several machines and had a tube down my throat. And because of this, I couldn't speak. Miraculously, I began singing to a nurse who had come into the room. I learned sign... No. No. (laughs) I was going to say, how would they sing? If they can't talk, how should they sing? I can't read. (laughs) They were not singing. Miraculously, I began signing to the nurse who had come into the room. I learned sign language in 86 because we had a hearing impaired classmate. Talk about repressed memory. The staff thought I was deaf and told my family I was up and signing. They were confused because I'm not deaf. Needless to say, I haven't signed since. Hmm, That's crazy. Next one. I was in an induced coma for two months and died three times. It was a weird experience. I had multiple nightmares that never made much sense, and I was very lucid because the fact that I didn't realize it wasn't real. I had human bumblebees trying to kill me, big spiders that would fall from above and kill me. I'd be trapped in a room with the walls closing in or trapped underground with a bunch of people with a killer snake. My dad and lots of his dad's side of the family were in my dreams, which is odd as I'd never had much contact with them. I remember being able to hear the outside world and speak to them, but I lived in a different country, so all I could hear was Polish, and it was extremely confusing and distressing. Distressing. No one could visit as it was early COVID time, so I was really stuck in my nightmares for months. I remember dying in it, but a spirit came to me to tell me to fight and live, and that it wasn't my time. I had complete organ failure in
1: it, and had to learn to walk again when I woke up.
0: That's terrifying.
1: That's horrible. Yeah. I think I'd rather just do the black one.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Next one, I have no memory of 10 days in June of 2021. I have a shunt which drains extra fluid from my brain to my abdomen, and it failed three times in four weeks. My mom said after it was all over, I was able to have a normal conversation, but the moment the doctor or whoever left the room, I completely forgot I had the conversation. Wildest thing about it is, when I did come to and get my memory back, I remembered voices of people around me, but not faces. I had the same nurses and other medical professionals professionals the entire time so I remembered their voices and got to meet them when my brain came back.
1: That's Hmm. weird.
0: Next one, one of my friends was shot when he was nine years old and put into a medically induced coma for six weeks. Uh, He said he could hear people talking to him but it went through a bit of a dream filter and translated to what he was seeing in his dreams so it didn't make a lot of sense. Most of what he repeated to his family about hearing was half right He said he had a lot of nightmares about walking through a never-ending corridor for hours and hours with no doors or windows. He's 28 now and has a Ph.D., so he's obviously fine.
1: Hmm, that's good. Yeah.
0: Next one, I was out for six months, non-medically induced, and it was a living nightmare. What was real blended into the imagination. War, torture, being hunted. I experienced everything from being a prisoner of war to being alone and having nowhere to run. I had a hard time figuring out what was real when I woke up. I couldn't walk or talk, and being in intensive care for a year was a life changer. That's horrible. It's terrifying. Next one, when I healed enough to come out of the coma, it took a week for the drugs to fade and my brain to reboot to the real world. I could not see at first. My eyes had lubricant on them to keep them from drying out. I lost a 100 pounds. I had no muscle to move or sit up, and I almost wasn't able to lift my arm. I couldn't communicate as I had a tube down my throat. I could barely hold a pencil to scrawl the most basic word poorly. I forgot how to breathe, and I had gone into total organ failure. I needed six more surgeries and a year of therapy to learn how to do everything again. My wife had her friend and my parents fly in when I was under. I told her I remembered hearing them talk to me, but it's all very strange because I don't don't understand anything through the dream state. I experienced deja vu as I feel I have been through all of this before in a previous life. I wondered how many times I've lived this life event before and tried hypnosis to see if I could unlock subconscious memories to get details about what happened as it all fades.
1: These are not good stories.
0: Well they're scary. Yeah. It's supposed to be it's a paranormal podcast.
1: Well so <laughs> this isn't paranormal though. This is medical Oh, sorry. <laughs> well <this is> scary.
0: <laughs> uh, my neighbor was in a coma for sixteen days following a bicycle accident. It's amazing that he is alive and slowly continued to make progress that astounds us. The wild part? This man was such a jerk beforehand. Even just this morning, he waved at me while I crossed the street with my dog, and when I say he waved, it was like a huge, friendly motion. He was also walking his dog. To see a neighbor who once ignored all of us, hated all animals, and now enthusiastically engage in conversation and own a dog? If I wasn't witnessing it with my own eyes, I'd discount it. But, y'all, he's forever changed. Wow. Wow.
1: That's crazy. That's a good one. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. That reminds me of that movie. Regarding Henry? Yes. I know.
0: Uh, My uncle was in a coma and we were really close, so I'd sit and talk with him a lot. The doctors on his case, which included my father, all told me he wouldn't make it, but I had this gut feeling he would. I was sitting with him one day, and he never liked my dad, and I told him, Dad thinks you'll never wake up, and you've got to prove him wrong. His eyes opened real big. I screamed and the doctors came rushing in, but his eyes had closed again. The doc said it was just a reflex, but I knew they were wrong. <laughs> he ended up waking up while my dad was working and he told my dad to tell me that he had proved him wrong. <laughs> He's still alive with some brain damage that isn't very noticeable and we're still thick as thieves. That's funny. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Fucking revenge, man. That'll get you. <laughs> yeah like oh hell no (laughs) this is my chance i will prove him wrong (laughs) next one i had the flu for a couple of weeks then collapsed at work and was taken to the hospital by ambulance turns out i had pneumonia had an allergic reaction to the antibiotic that they had given me and was in a coma for three weeks i remember vividly making i remember vividly many of the coma dreams particularly Ariana Grande stalking me with a machete, (laughs) wanting to chop my head off because I flirted with her man or something. LOL. That's funny. (laughs) Many of the memories I can now tie to things my family has told me that were happening at the time. Some are just bizarre.
1: Hmm.
0: That's funny. Next one, I was on vacation with my... I almost said I was on vacation with my pancreas. Oh. But it says I was on vacation when my pancreas ruptured due to a plug from a gallstone spilling acid into my abdomen, and eventually I got sepsis due to third-degree internal burns. Holy shit. I was placed in a six-week coma because my heart was out of control. My first dream was watching my sister-in-law get shot in the head. My next dream was of an idyllic cottage in the country during winter, like a Christmas scene. The next dream was of my coworkers kidnapping my child from my wife and me, when in reality, we had no children yet. I also had a dream that I was broken and was being fed ice chips while in the hospital and they were trying to fix me, but I was trapped. I had dream after dream until a dream where I was in a dark place with other people around, but they were shrouded in dark. I believe this was the way way station where spirits leave. I decided to return. I heard familiar voices talk to me, but created dreams to visualize it. I found out my heart stopped twice after I woke. Hmm. Wow. Next one, I remember hearing a woman telling me to squeeze her hand. I found out later that they had brought me out of a coma to see if my brain was dead. I squeezed her hand, and they put me back under for several more weeks. I remember being taken to a spaceship orbiting Earth so I could be repaired. I found out that I was actually a cyborg. While I was on the ship, something ruptured the hull and the ship lost atmosphere and everything froze. I was frozen in place but fully aware that I was frozen and could not move. I was now certain that I would spend eternity fully awake and immobile on this ship, never able to shut down. I had a dream that my wife had many evil versions, and eventually, during a visit, I was convinced that the woman I was seeing was not my wife, and I disintegrated her with a handheld weapon. But then I thought I'd killed my wife and would never see her again. Meanwhile, she'd spent six weeks at the hospital by my side, making medical decisions and talking to me. Hmm. Next one. I was in a medically induced coma for for a few days. I don't remember anything from it until they woke me up and took out the in, intubation tube. I was still really out of it, and it felt as if everyone around me was trying to hold me down and suffocate me. It was terrifying. Next one. I specifically remember when I, be, when I believed to be near the time I came out of a coma. I was on a small boat with a bunch of people. The boat approached and tied to a much larger cruise ship type boat people started getting off and when it was my turn the couple in front of me turned and told me to told me to say i was with the lady behind me she had been trying to get on the big boat and the crew wouldn't let her on i turned and there was a young woman with a tiny baby in her arms i told the ship crew we were traveling together so they would let her on but they would not let me get on the ship i stayed on the small boat then I started to come to the surface and awoke to my brother telling me I had been in a coma for 3 weeks. It's crazy these people remember this stuff. Yeah. Next one I had pneumonia and sepsis and I was put in a medically induced coma for 3 weeks to help me heal. They gave me propofol and I had most I had the most hellish nightmares in my <laughs> i can't read <laughs> i had the most hellish nightmares ever in my life i dreamed that my family was in a cult and they were trying to sacrifice me to their leader or whatever another dream was that i had to watch people confess to these horrible crimes and at the end of it they were trying to make me the the scapegoat for it all wild stuff i hope i never have to have that stuff again hmm. i think that was from the drugs like alone maybe My mom was convinced that the hospital staff and the government were conspiring against her after she woke up. She thought I was in on it, too, at first. We laugh about it now, but it was creepy as fuck a few weeks after.
1: (laughs) I bet. Yeah.
0: I was in a medically induced coma in 2005 for four days after trying to unalive myself. I'm told that the day before I remember waking up, I woke up and kept asking the same three questions over and over and over. I remember overhearing a conversation from the nurse's station that I asked my ex-husband about months after the fact, and I was right. It was him on the other end of of the phone. I referred to it as the time traveling because there was nothing for me. There was absolutely nothing. I also have a very horrible memory, and I can't remember if it was like that before or not. Did that make sense at all? No, it did not. I guess she just remembers nothing from it. That's what I got out of that. Okay. And my last one, my uncle was in a medically induced coma due to sepsis for two weeks. When the doctor stopped the medication, it still took a while for him to come around. I asked the doctors if I could give him a foot rub. I thought it might be nice for him to feel something that didn't hurt, but felt good. While waiting for permission, I looked up reflexology charts. The next day, I started rubbing his right foot. Within a few minutes, he started twitching his left foot, basically directing me to do what he wanted. It was such an Uncle Bill thing to do. That's when we knew he was still there. It took another six weeks before we took him home. We thought we were taking him home to die peacefully. The next morning, he got up and cooked breakfast, and then demanded that someone take him, take him out to check on his cattle. The coma started at Christmas in 2015. He's still alive today.
1: Wow. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: Those are mine. Hmm. It's time for the Witty
1: Rapper. Yay, Witty Rapper! Did funny tweets. My mom, before retirement, I just want to retire and help with the kids. My mom, during retirement, sorry, can't help. The garden (laughs) doesn't just garden itself, you know. (laughs)
0: Very important stuff here.
1: (laughs) That's right. You might be a parent if you've ever opened a fruit snack packet with your teeth at 8 a.m. while sitting on the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) My five-year-old keeps asking about our plans over the holidays. By the holidays, she's referring to her birthday next month. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Why is Target selling a sheet set for toddlers that looks like a chalk outline from a crime scene? What? That's inappropriate. Yes, that's very inappropriate. My kids will be late to school even if we lived inside the school.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah. I would too, though, so I can't say anything.
1: Olivia Rodrigo, 2 plus 2 equals 5, and I'm the love of your life my daughter disgusted two plus two equals four lady did you understand that at all
0: i think that olivia person might be a singer okay and that's probably a line from her song okay all i'm right. assuming
1: yeah that made absolutely no sense to me whatsoever
0: uh, i could be wrong but i think that sounds
1: more like that makes more sense okay. than <laughs> her six-year-old i have a secret me what is it her I'm not going to tell you, but it's about a marker. Me, oh Oh, no. Her, yeah.
0: Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Secrets and markers don't. Not a good combo. Yeah, no.
1: My biggest soccer mom pet peeve is when parents scream at their kids from the sidelines to get to a different position than where their coach put them. So I want to give a trophy to the nine-year-old that just turned from the middle of the field and screamed, I'm defense, to her yelling dad. Yeah. Dummy. Raising smart kids is all fun and games until one day your 13-year-old beats you in chess for the first time and your pride in their intelligence changes to suspicion about whether they cheated.
0: That's funny.
1: Me, getting the flu shot wasn't so bad, was it? Five-year-old, it was really loud. Me, loud? Five-year-old, yes, because I screamed the whole time. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's loud.
1: (laughs) The first time you change the sheets on a bunk bed is when you realize what a terrible invention they are. (laughs) Yes. Are you having a nice Tuesday, or did your daughter remember this morning that she volunteered to bring a hundred and fifty baby carrots to school today? <laughs> oh my gosh this house is entirely too clean. My family probably what I don't know I don't know. <laughs> If you want to feel better about your parenting, my 14-year-old asked if she could be a six-pack of beer with her friends for Halloween. Oh, my God.
0: That's funny.
1: <laughs> I told a 14-year-old to put the towels from the washer to the dryer four hours ago. I asked an hour ago if he did, and he said yes. He never turned the dryer on. I guess that shits on me for not specifying. Oh. Hey, he did it. Dude, no. It's <laughs> such a little kid thing, I swear. <laughs> Every morning, my three year old tells me, I wish you would straighten your hair and put on lipstick. And to be honest, if he was my boyfriend, I'd break up with him for this. <laughs> <laughs> my toddler has learned how to say that she wants to go to sleep, and she says it while lying in bed for an hour and not going to sleep. <laughs> Occasionally I say to myself trying to work out regularly is next to impossible with little kids. And then I see my neighbors running together with a baby in one jog a baby in one jogging stroller and two kids in a double jogging stroller and I say to myself, well, working out isn't everything. <laughs> <laughs> There's always an excuse. Yeah. Me, it's bedtime. My 5-year-old makes me rank my favorite numbers from 1 to 9 in order. <laughs> me changing shirts five-year-old what are those round things on your chest me you mean my nipples five-year-old yeah why do you have those me <laughs> and my last one become a becoming a mother has added to the respect i have for my own mother but she always said i started talking at six months And now that I've reared a child through infancy, I cannot emphasize enough how much that did not happen. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all I got.
0: All right. Thank you so much for listening. Send in your stories. We need them. GhoulsNightOutPodcast at gmail.com. You can rate, review, and subscribe. And we will talk to you next week.
1: Later. Bye.